Welcome to an amazing, exciting, multi-talented episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. But I'm not talking about you and uh, you and Becky Lilly. I'm talking about our guest, the amazing. I'm going to try to list some or all of, of the all of the jobs. Okay, actor, singer, songwriter, producer, director. St- Stage performer, and I mean this in terms of music, but also like off Broadway. Am I missing anything? Kate Nash, wrestler, wrestler. Oh, All right, yes, yes wrestler, obviously, wrestler. And I should know that because I'm the I'm the big wrestling fan amongst this group. Um, and you are, we're, you know, everyone knows who's listening to the show. We're sort of talking around different things, but but you join. Two of our favorite guests of all time, Jackie Tone and Rebecca Johnson, um, in our quest to to speak to all of your mutual colleagues. And, you know, um, you are super famous, which is amazing. But as people know, we're we're not looking for folks that are famous. We're looking for people who we generally admire and we want to hang out with. So, Kate Nash, welcome to the Friday Night Movie family. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, okay, so... <laughs> Before you were on this amazing show where you played a wrestler and blew us away with your acting and your comedy and your physical comedy and and, and all your of hair that. and your hair, hair. Oh, the <laughs> hair the um, hair is amazing and your smarts because you played a very intelligent character uh, <laughs> um, a scientist uh, I believe yeah. as we learned when we were just learning things about the show you you had like 20 million listens on Spotify or some ridiculous number. I mean, you're in the tens and tens of millions as a musician and artist in England and us being Americans. I mean, we have a pulse on things, but we don't have that much of a pulse, (laughs) but your song, I'm going to start with foundations because that's like the foundation. This is an iconic (laughs) song. Thank you. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, so I've been making music for a long time since like 2000 and I mean, technically 2006, I guess I started playing piano as a young as a young girl and like writing songs at school. And then I decided to do my first gig in 2006 because I didn't get into I actually wanted to go to uni or drama school to study theatre and I didn't get into any universities or colleges or anything. So I, I, um, and I broke my foot. There's this kind of famous story that I fell down. I got my like final rejection letter and fell down the stairs and broke my foot. And I was feeling kind of very sorry for myself. And I worked in a like grilled chicken place called Nando's. This oh, famous- we love, I mean, you know, I, know in, in, I think in Nando's, like in England, it's maybe considered like lower class maybe but like here like nando's i get so excited grilled and, and i mean it's like yeah because it's not fried i think yeah. it's like classier it's like a bit healthier and it's you know peri peri yeah, the, the, the medium um, sauce on the yeah. on the rice with the yellow rice that's so good <laughs> i'm glad you know nando so i used to work in nando's and i was just kind of you know sad that all my friends were going off to do exciting things and i was like oh i work in nando's and I'm left out and like my mum said you had to work hard at school otherwise you're going to end up in a job like Nando's and I had worked hard at school and I was still in that job that I didn't you know when you're a teenager too it's like you feel so um when you leave school it's so like disorientating of like what you are supposed to step out into the world as an adult but you're not really you're an adult but you're not really an adult you haven't like functioned as one ever on your own so it's difficult to figure that out and uh, I decided that 
I was going to do a gig because it was something that I could do on my own and I'd written songs since a young age and then I I kind of like spent this time with my broken foot like really writing and focusing and found my voice I think during that time um and then like I think I was too scared to do a gig until that point because then I was like oh now I'm bored so being scared is better than being bored and left behind <laughs> and I'd wanted to try something like that growing up but I did school concerts and things but I never like played a gig because it felt like a world that just felt very like boyish and not for me but finally you know <clears throat> boredom was worse than fear so I booked my first show and then I just never looked back as soon as I did it I loved it so much and then I got paid 30 pounds by the promoter and I was like oh my god I was like, you can make money from this it's like I'm quitting my job and I'm gonna only do this from now on and try and make it work <laughs> so when you wrote the riff for foundation foundation sorry and and I mean and the the bitter lemons right like there's like did you know when that song like that that song was going to be what it is because oh, like no, you're no not way. the first time and you're like oh well this is I had no idea. I remember like, I do remember writing that line. I remember writing lines from it and being kind of like pleased with myself about it. <laughs> but when I was in the studio and I was like trying out different, working with different producers, I used that one because I was like, oh, I don't really care about this one. So let me just like use this one because it, I can take a risk. Like I'm not, I don't feel, because I hadn't played it live yet. I just didn't feel possessive over it or anything. So I was like, oh, I'm open to like, you know, just experimenting in the studio kind of thing. Um, whereas like things like the nicest thing and birds and songs I'd, I'd been playing them live and I felt more like I knew what they were as songs whereas foundations was like a new song that I'd written hadn't played it live yet and I was like let me just like mess around with this in the studio and uh it was crazy it was it was like it was really strange it's a really surreal experience because I don't have anyone like famous in my family or I don't come from any like background you know of of that so it was really the first time that happened to me and my family and um it's just a weird experience I really remember my manager calling me like they started playing foundations on the radio because wow. they had to because Ra radio one had said no had rejected me they didn't like me whoever the head of like tugging was there didn't like how's me. that working out for the bbc now huh I was just going to say all those colleges <laughs> and the and radio and I'm like yeah you know, I feel like I feel like I feel like this is your uh, pretty woman moment. Like you work on commission, right? I mean, like look who's look who's making the mistakes here. It was a, it was a great moment because I had so many plays on MySpace. It was still like MySpace days. MySpace really allowed me to have my career, and fans had just like played it so much they couldn't really ignore me anymore. And so it's MySpace that meant that like everything kind of happened for me. And I was eating Weetabix one morning in my mum and dad's house and like I lived at home still and uh my manager called me and he was like I've got some really good news and I was like okay and he's like you're number one like your record's number one and I was like oh my god and it was like such a weird thing because he I hung up and I was just like I guess I'll just finish my Weetabix like <laughs> and I just like finished my Weetabix and then like I was like I guess I'll put this in the dishwasher <laughs> And you're like, ah, you know, you just these like cinematic moments that don't really happen in. I, I personally feel like this is like a pet peeve of mine. Music is portrayed so wrong in film, like and it's never been portrayed in a way where I've watched it and be like, that's what it's like. 
it's always like people in slow motion, like walking towards stage and then like playing shows and like being really cool and like everything's like in slow-mo and like just so dramatic. Nobody putting dishes so, in the dishwasher. I'm like, <laughs> so so the moment in the moment in that thing you do when they hear their song on the radio for the first time and they're running through the streets and they all get into the shop and they're jumping around, that's not what it's like. I mean because I just assume that. Well, what was the first time you heard it on the radio? Well, there are moments that are like that, but it's like such a small percentage of your career that like, I feel like we're portrayed like we're just always walking in slow motion, like running around. (laughs) But like, really, that's like a tiny percentage. Getting your song played on radio is really exciting. It still is really exciting to me. Um, And the first time it was John Kennedy on XFM, which was a really great show. He used to be on from like midnight to like one, I think, or maybe it was a couple of hours, the show. And he would play like new music. And everyone like in London was kind of music fans in England, in the UK and London, especially were like really into the John Kennedy show because he played like demos and he played all these, you know, um, all the coolest kind of stuff that was happening in London. And I'd written to him. I wrote him a letter and sent him my demo. He still actually has it, which I think is so funny. And it's like, hi, John, I I have 700 friends on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I just like, <laughs> I really love your show and I'd love you to play my song. And I sent him my demo and he played it. And I I waited up, like, I think all well, my parents and my sisters had like gone to bed because it was like on at like 1 a.m. and everyone was like getting up early and I like stayed up in the kitchen with the radio on and I was like, oh my God, is he actually going to play it? And it was like the last song of the show, basically. And I just was in the kitchen like, ah, like freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, my song's on the radio. <laughs> so there definitely are those moments. But most of the time you're just like at a service station or on the motorway or in the <laughs> room with a really disgusting toilet and like trying to get like, your monitors to work because so much beer has been spilled into them over the years that like they just don't really work anymore and like you're like where do I shower and how do I avoid all the pubes I just feel like everything everything you're describing is cinematic I want to I want to see every single one of these moments it's incredible it's a perfect it's a perfect segue oh this isn't cinematic but but your music is cinematic I feel like it tells such I feel like there's so many great characters that come through in your voice and and in the different songs and then in the different styles of music um that that you bounce in and out of um such that there is a off-broadway show called only gold that is features you and your music and this is for my sisters the original (laughs) rum tum tugger himself terrence mann it's true yes it is it's true. No. We did run from September, October last year through to December at um, the MCC Theatre in New York with Terrence Mann and oh, just some amazing, amazing performers. Gabby Diaz um, is an incredible dancer, like the most mind-blowing dancer you've... She's like changed my world, actually, like as someone who... I like to dance as, you know, someone who likes to go out and dance with my friends and I enjoy like dancing on a personal way but I've never really appreciated the art form before and I've felt very like disconnected to it I think and Gabby is like she's like another oh it's so it's so human and like so raw what she does and so emotive and she tells such a story with her body and she can move her body and just it's just so incredible her her dance and she kind of has made me like fall in love with the the art of dance um and Ryan Steele and 
um just so many like incredible performers that I got to work with incredible singers Broadway like singing my music interpreting it arrangers like just like really incredible people in the business like you know rearranging and in my music and telling a story through my music that was you know not what I intended initially and then I I went on to like write songs specifically for the show as well but like turning mouthwash from my first record into this like love story like tension kind of teenage angst so I mean it was just such an incredible experience I feel so lucky to have been able to work with such amazing artists and performers to be honest and it uses music from all of like all throughout your career correct yeah it's it's like really really goes through all the records and then I write like a bunch of new songs for the show too so I feel like I've had such a lucky a lucky experience there isn't a cast recording yet is there no, there isn't. I'm so interested in that full. I know it's. It, it would be great to like do something with those songs at one point because the cast were phenomenal. Really, it was like blowing people's minds. Did Terrence Mann do any Rum Tum Tugger moves? I'm a big Cats <laughs> fan, and I asked Rebecca about Cats fan about Cats. I mean, because she had to play a cat. <laughs> you don't have to answer that question. <laughs> I don't know his Rum Tum Tugger moves, but he he really can sing. Like he can really sing, and he yeah. really. Oh yeah. We we're kind of we're very big cats fans in this family, so we know. <laughs> we like had a scene together at the end of the show that was quite like dramatic and emotional, and we got to like have this physicality and like it's like a come to like you know it's like his like awakening moment, and I was playing the narrator in the show, and I kind of get to like push him into his like final steps and. Karine uh, Plantadit um, oh was the um, his wife, and she is just one of the most phenomenal dancers as well. Oh, I was so blown away. Every day I was like, I, I can't even be on this stage near these people because they're just too good. That's an amazing feeling. That's wonderful. Yeah, it was scary, actually. It was like the, scare, the most scared I've been of, a, of, a, of anything. I was like, in my whole career, I think I found it the most intimidating thing I've ever done. So I've seen sense. many, many video clips of your live shows. I'm always jealous because they're in places like Brixton. Is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> yeah. like, they're always in like Brixton. I'm like, well, we're in Virginia, so we're not going to make it. Um, uh, they look like it, it, it's like elevated above just people at a show. It looks like like this joyous celebration of the music and people mm. know the words and they're moving with you. How like how is that? A different experience than going out and doing a a Broadway style performance of your music. Oh, yeah, it's it, it's so different. Like I was, I mean, for me, it's all about breaking the wall between you and the audience. You know, I like to there to be no wall. And in a theatre, it's like there's a wall. And even though I was narrating, it's like there's very much like a wall. And so I think it was almost like restraint in a way because it wasn't about me being you know, myself, I'm like telling a story and there's like characters and people kind of flying across the room and I have to like hit marks because if I don't, I'm going to get kicked in the head, like, and mm -hmm. things like that. And so like, I made a decision with my own music, my own live gigs a number of years ago that I, I decided I just want everyone to come to my show and have the best time. Like I want my shows to be like 
the funnest night out ever for people. I want them to leave my shows being like, oh my God, that's so much fun. Like that's, that was my goal. I was like, that's what I want people to feel. And I feel like I have achieved that goal. <laughs> it looks like it. It's such a gracious <laughs> thing to do as an artist. I, you know, I've seen other, look, artists can do whatever they want. They're artists, but I've definitely <laughs> been to shows where an artist, like the whole audience is cheering for their famous song and they're like, we're not going to play that. Yeah. And I feel like, from what I've seen, it's like you give people the opposite. You're like, I've, I've got, I've been there though, but really? I don't, I don't understand people being there in the long term. But I do understand why that can, like, that happened to me with my second record. But hear me out. So, <laughs> with your first record, especially young like me, I was like, eighteen. I had twelve songs or something, and I taught it for like two years and I just played the same songs a hundred million times and I got asked the same questions a hundred million times and I was 18 it's like I didn't really have that I can talk I'm Irish I'll talk until like I'm the last person in the bar you know I'll st like I will not stop talking but there's only so much experience in life that I had at 18 and there was only so many songs that I had. So I felt like so drained. And I just was like, I don't want to fucking, excuse my French, just- You can swear you on can. this podcast. If you don't curse, Lily's going to eventually. So. <laughs> I just well, didn't want to sing those songs anymore. And I really sure. wanted to carve out a space to be like, because the thing that happens in the record industry is they try to get you to just do the same thing again. Um, and it's lack of innovation and- non-creative minds in working with creative people going do the same thing or like work with this person just made yeah. just this album because that will work and you're like no I want to express myself and so there's like a fight there that's like let me express a different part of who I am I have actually grown a little bit I have a different thing to tell I have a different thing to perform so with my second record I really didn't want to play foundations because I really wanted to be like, listen to this, this is different and accept me for who I am. And in a way, I think that battle of like pushing people to hear new music, I still have it in me a little bit. I'm always like, I think there's a like, but it's, but I have so much more maturity now and so much more experience. And also like, I did a 10 year anniversary tour of my Made of Bricks album in 2017. And it, it just healed my heart, it healed me. It fucking healed me. Like, I feel like, I went through so, I mean, we can get into whatever you want to, but I've been through a lot of shit in the music industry and I didn't get bitter, but I did get a bit like scarred from certain things. Sure. And then I went on this 10 year anniversary tour and there were, and everyone, it was one of, it was like Christmas of a tour. Like everything just went right. All the crew and everything, we were all like, this is crazy. Like nothing is going wrong at any of these shows. Like it's all just like great show. The crowds is packed. Everyone's singing every word. It was just the most fun tour ever. And I played the album from start to finish. And there were some songs I hadn't sung in, in 10 years. Things wow. that I just had stopped playing. And it really helped me like, you know, when like there's like a therapist is like, you have to like think about young Kate or like young, <laughs> yeah. you know, like your baby self and like, how would you talk to her? And you're like, I don't know, <laughs> that's weird. But in this tour, I was like, oh my God, I feel like I have like baby Kate with me. And I'm like, just like being so loving and accepting and being like the things I needed to run away from or I felt judgmental of or I was angry at her for. I was like, I just felt like completely healed after the tour, like during the tour. And I would have like 
but there was this one gig I don't ever forget in Manchester where there was this group of girls and they were like tweeting me all day long and sent me a letter and it was like really important that they get this message to me and before I went on I'm like okay because everyone's like these girls really need you to and I was like right <laughs> read this letter. and it was a letter from them and it was like they grew up at, at school listening to this record and one of their friends they said like hadn't uh survived her struggle with mental health issues and I still feel emotional just think about it now like you get to know people in a very personal way because you become part sure. of their life you know they're the soundtrack to their life so they tell you all these things so she had I you know committed suicide and her group of friends were all coming like in her honor to my gig oh because my they listen to me together and I was like oh my god like this is just <laughs> the most amazing thing ever to like to be part of that story and that's why you know making music is so amazing because you just are like inserted into people's stories and at the gig I could see the group of girls that it was and I just knew it was them because I could tell yeah. from the way they held each other and the way they were emotional and the way they were I was like those are school friends these are the girls that wrote me the letter and I was like that is everything <laughs> you know what I mean and these experiences and like that kind of thing like helped me just be completely comfortable with my 18 year old self who made this album and like feel really proud of myself for making that album and I was made fun of a lot by UK media I think a lot of sexism I think that the teenage girl has been way more reclaimed since 2007 mm -hmm. I don't think you mm -hmm. could really talk about teenage girls in the same way that you could then um but like I, yeah I felt like yeah, I, I think that there is in the comments, unfortunately, but in terms of media, right, what they right. actually can say is less. What they can get away with saying. They can kind of like lead, leading people to say those kinds of things, but they don't say it when they used to just fucking slag you out, yeah. insane ways when you were like a teenager. Um, but yeah, I think like that really healed me. So that's just to say that like after that, I think um, I really learned the push and pull of like what, you want to give an audience and and my comfort level of singing all these songs and like just feeling the joy in them myself in a brand new way and so I don't have any like discomfort with any of my catalogue now and I like to push people to go like hey I'm going to do the new things and like this is how we're gonna you know you're gonna have to bear with me on this new stuff and then also I'm going to give you like treats of like all right the, you know <laughs> well that's so that's I, I, very evolved I, I have so much, I, there's so much music I want to talk about. <laughs> like I could do a whole episode just on your song, Life in Pink, but I have to avoid. Because also, if you want to see K listeners. I'm you know, gonna... Rebecca's in that too, right? You've seen Rebecca and Ellen from Glow are in that video. Oh, no, I, I only have the song. I've only listened to the song. I haven't watched the video. video. Okay. It's a great video. plays like a deranged bunny <laughs> and Ellen's a nurse. You've got to watch that video. Okay. Nurse. Well, I can't wait. Well, there's going to be a playlist in our show notes of the songs I've been listening to. Um, uh, but we got to talk about wild bitch, which I hate saying that word. I hope it's okay for me to say it in the context of your yes, super cool. smart, hilarious <laughs> film that I just saw. Jackie posted that her friends were making a movie and I love horror comedy. And it was, and I just, I read the premise, wrote to Becky and Lily, and we were all, all in. in on all Wild in. Bitch as backers. Oh. And Thank then, you so much for the support. 
And then South by Southwest happened. And then we went to South by Southwest and we got to interview Rebecca. That's so cool. Um, which was awesome. And now I feel like we get to complete the story. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, that movie does such a beautiful, beautiful. I mean, yeah, it's hilarious, but it's beautiful job <laughs> illuminating the way back to the way women are treated, like the way people are okay with women being treated. I feel like it goes more than just saying, oh, women get treated badly. It, it goes and it and it illuminates how okay different elements of society, whether it's spouses or work colleagues or the news are willing to mm -hmm. treat women. And then you all reclaim it in <laughs> such a funny, amazing way where, and we talked about this with Rebecca, how much we want to see the next episode of YouTube. <laughs> yeah, we need yeah. The, the second part. So good. Part two. Yeah, you know, it's so cool that you feel that because I think that one of our main things that, I mean, I think that's inherently in like mine and Rebecca's work and way of working together. And I think one of the things that we really wanted to do and we wanted to kind of, I mean, the main thing we really wanted to both do was like play these kind of ugly, fucked up characters as we're like with this, you know, that story and that message, but like through characters that you're not necessarily, you're like, am I rooting for these terrible people? You know, like <laughs> these, these characters are not really like, it's not like either of our characters are like the good guy, you know, there's not like a, a simple, um, there's the good guy. It's like, these are kind of ugly characters. And I think that was what we, we, we got to experience a bit of that in glow, like just being not just one dimensional, you know, being complex, mm -hmm. complicated human be human beings, which we all are. And, um, and I think for me, like horror is, is one of my favorite genres because you just get to kind of push those boundaries to the most extreme place and put characters in these situations that are like, wow, the stakes are so extremely high. Like, what are you gonna, what are they gonna do now? You know, um, and like, it was, yeah, it was, I'm so glad that you feel that way about the film. Cause I think it's not necessarily like when you talk about the storyline, it's not necessarily like that's what you would think it's saying because they're also like driving this like horrible kind of. Well, like, and, <laughs> and then there's the whole nature part as yeah. well. Like the yeah. whole, you know, when you're pushed to the edge, how, how what you'll do to for self-preservation and yeah, yeah. yourself and yeah and there's that element too i i mean i think it's fantastic oh Just thank really you so much yeah, yeah. we love we, the film we love, we love it love, we're love, so love we're so proud is, is, is that where you guys it. met on your one in the ring tv show that you did together i know are we allowed to say i mean that's up to that's up to you we're just trying not to it's I mean, not, I don't mind promoting that show because it's amazing. And you know, also sadly, talk about talk about a perfect example of big time producers not you know, doing 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 the art dirty. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. we said that, not you. Don't worry. OK, OK. Yeah, I'm like, there should I, have been more seasons. We mean like it should never right. have been ended. Really. I think, really yeah, we're in a really interesting like time with the strike of like there's lots of things at stake and there's like these, I was watching this video just, just uh, on Instagram of like Brian Cranston and he's like, yeah, right. you see, he's like talking yeah. about not being replaced by robots. And I'm like, I cannot believe this is real. <laughs> <laughs> We're in this time now where literally Brian Cranston is like seriously talking about not being replaced by robots and like, they can't come to an agreement and just what I, it's a very interesting time. Cause it feels to me like we're in the adolescence, uh, or maybe not even adolescence. I think we're probably like in the toddler phase. We don't even know like, 
where we think we're like so in technology and I think we have no idea like what it really is going to look like yeah um and we just have to like fight to protect people's you know basic rights of like not being yeah absolutely absolutely for one day of work and then but it's yeah and I think that I think that it's a really uh when you think about technology and streaming and just I have lots of opinions about what happened to our show and what I think should have happened to our show but of course I'm sure um, but yeah that's where you met you're wonderful that is where we met in the ring um Guerrero and um yeah I just like remember me and Rebecca being so like sort of timid at first about wrestling and we had to do these like animal characters we took on like our first characters that we took on were animals just for I think ease of like trying to take Mm. things and emphasize them in the ring so I was it was like mouse versus rhino I think I was rhino I don't remember (laughs) and uh to just think about like that moment to now is but but our experience together we got to just play with such like in such an amazing environment you know and all of the women became very close as well so our friendship is like external of the show it's so it's visible to all of us in the outside world we always see all of you hanging out yeah yeah it's amazing (laughs) I mean it's amazing it's like they're like my family I think we are like a family in a way and um that means that like you it's like not I don't know. It, it was, it's such an unusual environment to work in because you get to see each other like every day for hours and hours and hours. And basically it's almost like being at school or something because you just, especially because we all just got on so made each other laugh so much. And so you don't really get that in normal life, but whenever we get together, it's like, it's just like family. It really is. It's amazing. So here is a musical question related yeah. to your family. This is like, we're going to wrap with a little fun. Okay, game. We like to play little fun games on our show. So I'm going to throw out names of your performer, of performers that you've worked with that we love. Mm-hmm. Um, and first, does do you don't have to overthink it. Okay. What would be their walk-on music or theme oh music? Okay, wow. Okay. <laughs> no pressure. No it's not very serious. Yeah. Um, wow. Oh, okay. I feel like I'm going to need my phone for this. Okay, totally. Get no, your phone. Fine. Yeah, Google this is great. Um, while you're getting your phone i'll just say reminder to our audience we are supporting the entertainment community fund you should too if you love movies you love television you love um uh you know all the joy that we get from all these creative things people are going to be hurting financially so put your money where your mouth is go and donate to that organization um do you have your phone ready i do okay awesome all right okay all right so let's start with Let's start with again. You know, we, we you know we feel like she's family because because she's Jewish and like feels like she could be related to us. Jackie Tone, what would be Jackie's walk on oh music? God. Um, and we can play with this too while you're at it. I mean, other than her own song "Deep Like," which is hilarious. Um, uh, okay, it would be. Um, 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 um. Lily and Becky, you can play too well, Kate. So, uh, I'm going to say the first thing that came to my mind is probably not correct. 
And I'm thinking of Melrose. I think that's why. Yeah, me too. Because I don't know Jack. Were you thinking of Uptown Girl? I was thinking of Uptown Girl. Oh, that's great. No, I was thinking of um, What a Feeling from Flashdance. (laughs) (laughs) And I can just see her like, like in like the leg warmers and like some knee, like leg kicks, like getting into the ring. (laughs) I I think that's great. I think that's great. (laughs) I think Frank Sinatra New York. Oh, New York. Yeah. No, like it just that's great. Very dramatic. Bread in the world. I'm like Jackie yeah. Tone's fucking hair. Everyone needs yeah. to <laughs> Jackie Tone's yeah. like as big as New York, you know. Yes. <laughs> um now a music video icon in her own right, Sunita Mani. <gasps> so the easiest one is turned down for what? Because she's yeah. in that video. Yeah. Yes. Um, but is there one that comes to mind? <laughs> this is a good game. Um, let me think. I think. You're like, why'd they ask all those Terrence Mann questions? We could have been doing this. <laughs> I'm like, well, if you if you listen to the podcast, you would know why it's very important to discuss cats at every turn. Every possible. opportunity. Opportunity. I would love to see like Sunni like physically react and entering to um are you a man or a muppet you know from muppet? <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. from that is from, from quite that's, a, that's, that's from a great the one. that's uh the, that's Con- concords yeah 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 i just feel like Sunny is she just has Jermaine and brett She's got funny bones. Like she's just funny. <laughs> Mark Marin always used to be like, "You're just funny." Like when she's just, <laughs> she is she's just funny. Like she just is a funny, funny person, and it, she's so um, just like, like I just like to see her move to something like, like that. Okay, and and I know. Well, okay, we'll wrap. We'll wrap on this one. Your frequent okay. scene partner. Um, I think in some ways, like the. You know, he's the outlier in the cast in a lot of ways, but Christopher Lowell, who plays Bash. Um, uh, oh, this one's hard. He's so great. You know, he's got oh. the hair for like a good 80s song, right? Um, I love Chris so much. I mean, and such an amazing actor. Like the things yeah, that wonderful. you can see him in, like sitcom, your show, um, uh, uh, the, yes. the brilliant movie with... Um, Yes, about uh, uh, promising um, the young promising woman. young woman. Promising young woman, yeah, yeah. Uh, when oh god, man, he he's so good, so good. He's such a great actor. He's such a great person. He's like one of my favorite people I've ever that's, met. That's always nice to hear. Mm-hmm. He's just a gem. He's like just the best. He's just incredible. I would like. I feel like Crimson and Clover by Joan Jett and the Black Hearts would be a great entrance. Nice. I feel like that captures so many of the moods you could get with him. We've seen as an actor. That's so cool. Um, That's great. Well, Kate Nash, you're just like more amazing in person than we thought you were before. Yeah. Such a delight. And very funny. I have to say. (laughs) Funny yourself. Thank you guys. Lovely um, having you on. 
we're so grateful for your time and for your art and we just can't wait to keep seeing your music hopefully see you live on i'm about to say shy i think we're gonna i think the siblings are gonna have to make Right, we're gonna you have know, to, uh, well, we're gonna uh, do a, a pilgrimage to wherever yeah. you're, okay. you're playing. <laughs> we will send a lot of messages in handwritten notes, so you'll know it's us. Uh, I'll definitely be like in the US at some point, and I'm releasing a new record like next year, so I'll be like touring. And so <gasps> that's exciting. I'm when near. you're touring in the states, we will be at we will be at right. a show. I know we will. We will come we'll, see you. We'll, we'll be there. Um, and uh, where would you like people to follow you? um i'm on instagram at kate nash i'm on x like what twitter oh yeah i mean oh sure sure you can follow me on there i mean we all probably gonna twitter's probably on its way out soon anyway but i'm just like at kate nash and then kate nash.com um and yeah i'm going to uh edinburgh fringe this year with rebecca oh the retreat yeah for the retreat which is like so oh, fun and it's so unhinged it's like i think we're backing that too by the way Becky. oh yeah, yeah. that's great anything anything, anything rebecca anything. and you anything we rebecca makes we're backing so. rebecca's the funniest person i've ever met in my life like i don't i mean i like can't wait for her to become a huge star in the uk because i think she's like I've always told her I think that she has a huge audience in the UK because her humor is just so like cutthroat. Just just those underpants in the retreat, I feel like is perfect for the UK. So fun. I don't know what's going on in the scenes. I just see the Instagram clips. Like, I don't need so to funny. know. I'm backing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's how we feel. That's there are some artists where I'm like, I'm behind it. Seen enough. <laughs> seen enough. Don't need to see more. Always going to be behind it. Um, oh, and we should wish her husband a happy birthday. He just had a birthday this week. Happy birthday, BJ. Happy birthday, BJ. Yeah, happy birthday, BJ. Um, Kate, thank you so much for being here and being part of the thank family. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Friday Night Movie, the sibling rivalry and pop culture podcast. Join the Friday Night Movie family by following at Friday Night Movie on all of the socials and visiting our website, FridayNightMovie.com. Our theme song is by What Does It Eat? And make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.